This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Ephesians 4, verse 1 and 2. Ephesians 4, verse 1 and 2. And it reads, written by Apostle Paul, says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Hallelujah. Our subject this morning, united by our differences. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, we love you, we adore you, we magnify your name. Thank you for this opportunity to hear from you. God, speak to us that we, your servants, might hear, but not just be hearers, that we, we may be followers of your word to do your will. Preach, Holy Ghost, preach. We just thank you, God, for what you're doing and what we're about to receive. Lord, even if it was not our intention to hear from you, sitting in this building or online, preach to us anyhow that we can receive what you have for us individually and then collectively. And we will give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. United by our differences. Have you ever wondered why everyone does not like what you like? I mean, think about it. You know, the stuff you like, I, I sometimes can't figure out how come everybody don't like this. There are certain types of food you like, and you would think everybody would like it. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. All right. I mean, I don't do it all the time, but on very special occasions. My wife won't cook it, but on special occasions, I like chitterlings. She does not want them in the house. <laughs> she loves okra. Differences. I'm not talking about the stuff we like that we have no business eating. That's a lot of that going on. But I'm just talking about there's some things you particularly like and other folks just don't like it, don't want it. I mean, just think of all the different kind of clothes that we wear. You know, some people like this style, some people like other styles. Some people say, oh yeah, this is the best thing in the world. And somebody say, I wouldn't be caught dead in that. 
just think of all the differences that we have in clothes. Shoes. Oh, my goodness. Somebody has this thing with these tennis shoes, these young folk, young tennis shoes. I mean, tennis shoes look like tennis shoes to me. But they can say, that came out in 1994. That came out in 2000. And it's tennis shoes. But, but folk have that, and they want to rush and get the latest ones and all that. I mean, just, just differences, differences. Praise God for the gifts that he's given his church. Well, there are differences. There are differences. Well, let me ask you this. What type of vehicle and what car do you drive? Yeah, just, just holler out. What, what kind of car you ride in? All right, no, no, no fighting. We all didn't say the same thing. There were differences. And in the early days of the automobile, there were just a handful of companies that were growing. Today, however, there are 14 major global corporations that control more than 60 major automobile brands across the globe. And that doesn't even count the smaller local companies in various countries around the world. Current, the current listing, there are 128 brands of vehicles, 7,072 models, and 29,792 engine variations. According to the calculations, there are precisely, get this now, we talk about you could get a car, and even if you got the same car, you get the car in different colors. You get in different colors, you get it in uh, different things on the inside of the car, you can just fix it up kind of ways, you get part of it, this, all this other thing. Think about how many variations there are and the different choices you have out of all the models of how many different ways you can get cars. Think of how, what that number is. I happen to have the number of how many different choices and all you can get out of all these cars that they make. The number is it's how many differences, how many different cars you can get before you get the same car. The difference is, that is 1.8 sextillion choices. 1.8 sextillion. Yes, sextillion, not trillion. Sextillion. Now, Pastor, why do you bring all up about all these differences? I'm glad you asked. Seeing that God has called us to be one body, let's look at how we are united by our differences. Ephesians 4, 1, 2 says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. First point is, God created you to be you. Y'all know that, that's deep right there. That's my deepest point. God created you to be you. I, I heard this saying where folks say, you do you, boo. But, but God has created you to be you. Psalm 139, 13, 14 says, for you form me I'm sorry, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. God has created you to be you. Quit trying to be somebody else. Be the best you can be. Because your best imitation of being somebody else is only a bad copy. Enjoy your being you, knowing that God has blessed you with everything you need to be you. And quit letting other folk make you something other than what God designed for you to be. God knows you. He has a plan for our lives. He has a plan for your life. Seek God's way. Find out his plan for your life and move the way God has designed for you to move. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 and 11 says, Now these are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. What are you trying to say? You know we are talking about uh, doing our spiritual gift survey. Every member of First African Baptist Church going to firstafricanbc.com so we'll capture what your spiritual gifts are or at least spiritual gift may be, you have at least one. So we catch your spiritual gift, what that might be, or your spiritual gifts, what they, they might be. And we're catching them for the purpose of meeting the needs, meeting needs, meeting needs, what the first century church did. They met needs, and as they met needs, the Lord added to their number daily. I'm so grateful we had three baptized on today. The Lord added daily. Yeah. But God has so purposed us as a body of Christ to get his will done. And, I, and this just jumped out at me when he talked about all the gifts that we have in his body. We are one body, but we have different gifts. Let me say it again. We are one body, but we have different gifts. And, and that's to be applauded. That's not to be looked down upon. We're one body, but we got different cars. We're one body, but we got different tastes in food. We're one body, we got different tastes in clothes. But that doesn't mean we can discount one another and talk each other down because we are all not the same. But listen to what, what jumped out at this passage to me. Last part of it says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually. Get these last three words. As he wills. Y'all didn't hear me. It says, as he wills. Now y'all hear me. As he wills. God gifts, gifts us as he wills. It's what he wants. One body, different gifts, but as he wills. 
We have different gifts. Oh, check this out. We have different combination of gifts. If you have more than one gift, that means that there's a combination that you have that somebody else does not have, and they may have another combination. How many combinations can there be out of all these gifts? I don't know. I don't know if it's, 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 it's over six trillion, trillion. I don't know, but, but I know God has so made us in his own way and has gifted us in his own way, and the only thing he's trying to tell us to do is be able to work together. We have different gifts. You, you didn't buy the gift that you have. <laughs> yeah. But you have a gift. I, I, I might need to come back to that one right there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to that one. Let me put this somewhere else. I'll come back to that one. He has so gifted us. My, my, my. What a mighty God. So knowing that we have differences, knowing that we have differences, um, the main thing we need to do is, first of all, know what your gift is is or what your gifts are. That's again why we're, we're, we're doing this for us. Find your gift because secondly I want you to know God created you on purpose but he created you for a purpose. Not, not, not only did he create you on purpose but he created you for a purpose. And that's part of why folk feel empty. That's why folk got to find so much fault with somebody else because how many of you found people who just got to find something wrong with somebody else to overcompensate for what's wrong with them. Some folk are just miserable and they do their best to make you miserable. And they're not happy until you're miserable and then they get mad because you're miserable. God created you on purpose, or on purpose for a purpose. When you understand the characteristics of spiritual gifts, you see how gifts influence your desires and motivation and behavior. You begin to realize why other people do not always see things or react to a situation that you might. They might not react the same way you do. It's all a part of God's plan. The different gifts complement one another. We need each other. And we need you to know what gifts God has placed within you so you can use your gift to help the body of Christ do what God desires to be done in this world. Someone with the gift of serving receives true fulfillment by working with their hands and helping others. Someone else receives fulfillment through studying and teaching. It doesn't mean that the one who's serving with their hands is better than the one who decides to teach. No, no, no. It means that we need each other. We need to be taught how to do what God has called us to do. And then we need to literally do it. <laughs> we, we, we need everybody to get this done. One is not better than the other. Just different. Let me say it again. One gift is not better than the other gift, but just different. Paul had this going on in the, in the uh, church in Corinthian. Corinthian, that the folk who were speaking in tongues felt like they were more spiritual than the folk who weren't. And they were having all kinds of issues with this, so they started working in such a way to make everybody, you know, say, well, let's put things in order. That's when they start putting things in order in the church. And Paul goes and talks about it, and he says, well, let me show you a more excellent way. At the end of chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about gifts. Then he goes into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He goes into, let's, let's, let me find you a more excellent way. And he goes in and starts telling us how we can work together. 
Understanding spiritual gifts will also prevent you from imposing your gift and your lifestyle on others, but will help you recognize God's individual calling in your life. Yeah. Unfortunately, too many Christians are living God's will for someone else rather than for their own life. Understanding your spiritual gift gives you a clearer understanding of God's purpose for your life. God has created each one of us uniquely and has given us different gifts. We have different talents. We have different personalities. We have different temperaments. We have different passions. Yeah. But it's all uniquely placed within us to get God's will done. True significance in life comes when we discover and apply that purpose that God has for us to the calling he's given us. It actually takes all aspects of life, career, family, ministry, hobbies, all that. This is what Paul calls your calling. Your calling in life is the purpose for which God made you. It has been said, your career is what you're paid for. But your calling is what you're made for. God made you especially to do what he has called you to do. God has called you to do what he desires for you to do. And I shouldn't get upset with what God has placed in you. No more than you should get upset with me about what God has placed in me. That's why in Ephesians 4, 1, 2, Paul says again, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. But then he goes a little further and tells us how to walk. He says, with humility. Don't get puffed up because your gift is such a great gift and everybody recognize your gift. Ooh, you're so good, you're so wonderful. No, be humble. Be humble. But not only he says with all humility, he says with gentleness. We find our gift and sometimes we want to just ram it down somebody else's throat. He said, no, 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 be humble and be gentle in the gifting that God has given you. And then he says, do it also with patience. You have this gift and because you have it, you expect everybody else to have the same gift you got. You expect them to move as fast as you move. You expect them to do what you want them to do the way you want it done. You expect them to talk the way you're talking and to get it done, follow you quickly and do all this kind of No, he says with patience. How many of y'all know that we got to be patient with each other? Yeah. And you know, what, you know what's remarkable to me? What's remarkable to me is how folk want you to be patient with them, but they don't want to be patient with anybody else. Yeah, I, I messed up. Y'all ought to forgive me, overlook that. But the same person. I can't believe you did what you did. I can't believe you messed up like you messed up. He says, listen, Paul is talking to the church. He ain't talking to folk who don't know Jesus. He's talking to folk who know Jesus and love Jesus. He says, we need to do it with all patience. You said, Pastor, you're throwing something in there. Because what you're talking about is, is putting up with each other. All right, let's keep reading. He says, bearing with one another in love. 
bearing with one another. Which one of y'all can't stand the other ones of y'all? As a part of one body. Can't stand her. Can't stand him. You just don't know what they did. No, nah, they just don't know what you did. God has called us through our differences to be one and to be an example to those who don't know Christ. We have to put up with each other. I'm sorry, I'll put it this way. We have to bear with one another. He calls us to do that. that that's, not, that's not that we agree with what everyone is saying or doing or the way they're ministering because God has given us what we do, but he says walk worthy of the calling with humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that? I'm glad you asked. 1 Peter 4, 11, uh, 8 through 11 says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Y'all, I didn't write this. It's 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Actually, in reality, steward, spiritual gifts involve God's stewardship. He assigns us certain tasks. God has blessed you with the gifts, and he really expects us to use what he's given us. But as it is, God arranged the members of 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen Highlights what I said earlier. It says, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Yeah, I, know, I know you think that certain folk came to this church, came to the body of Christ because of you. God may have used you that they could come, but God placed them. That's why you got to be careful about who you don't want around you and who you don't want in the church and who you don't want to help and who you don't want to help you. We are all one body in Christ. Amen. He equips us to do what he wants us to do. The man that brings glory. I, I, let me read that again. Let me read. But as it is, God arranged the members of the body in the body, each one of them as he chose. And he equips us to do them in a manner that brings glory to him and fulfillment to us. Glory to him and fulfillment to us. Lastly, God creates us to use what he's given us. We ought to be good stewards of what the Lord has given. When we think of stewardship, we automatically think of finances and material resources. But the parallel between gifts and finances is remarkably the same. Many Christians think that God has commanded us to tithe and give to the church because the church won't be able to function and support its ministry and pay its bills 
if you didn't tithe, or if you didn't give, even whatever you gave. But does anybody here know that the cattle on a thousand hills belong to God? That the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein? No, 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 no. We, we understand that, 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 that surely, since God can do this, the truth is, when we do not give, we are incomplete as a person. Only a person who has been tithing for some time can truly understand this principle. You're just not complete if you're not doing what God has called us to do, even in our giving. The truth is, the same truth is with our spiritual gifts. God could send a legion of angels to do the work needed to be done on earth. He can. We said all the time, Ephesians 3, uh, 20. I normally do Ephesians 3, 20, but I'm doing Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. In other words, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. God can do it. God can fix it. God can snap his fingers, the bed is out. God, God can wipe everything out, fix everything up and all that. But he chooses to use us to get it done, and he has empowered us to get it done. He's gifted us. Every last one of us who've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he has gifted us, and he didn't gift us with it just to say, ooh, look how gifted I am. He's gifted us to use what he placed in us. He elects to use us, to use you and me. Because if we are not using our gifts to serve others, we are incomplete and will never receive the blessings and fulfillment that he has in store for us. You just don't feel right if you're not using what God has for you. You, you, it's, you, might, you might not have to take all them pills you're taking. If you just use what God has given you. And allow God to just bless you. There's a story of a young man who uh, received an envelope from his grandfather upon graduation from high school. Now, he decided not to open it until after he finished college because, after all, he knew what it contained. His grandfather told him for years that he had these bonds, uh, these bonds that he was going to give him, saving bonds. He said, this is what I'm going to give you. So he just knew that in the envelope were the saving bonds, and he said, I don't want to be tempted to use them or to cash them out early or whatever. So he just kept the bond, he kept that envelope sealed up while he went through college. He just knew it had the bonds that he'd been promised for years. So he decided to, to discipline himself. He kept them. He, he, kept, he said, I'm going to keep this until I start my job, until I start my career. After I graduate, I'm going to hold on to this, sealed up this envelope and kept it. So for four long years, he attended school during the day and worked evenings and nights to pay for his going to school. Finally, the day came when he restrained himself and the day had come and with his degree in one hand, he was ready to start his new career. And he decided to open the gift his grandfather had left for him years before. Just as he anticipated, 
It contains several thousand dollars worth of negotiable bonds. But it also contains a fully paid scholarship to one of the finest colleges in the nation. What has God placed in you? And you're keeping it sealed up. Waiting for a better day, I guess. God has given you a birthday gift. Oh yeah, he gave it to you on the day that you were saved. The day that you were born again. He gave you a gift that he really expects us to open and use. Oh, don't miss out on the blessing that God has for you. Your challenge is to, to, yeah, to do what he commanded you to do. In 2 Timothy 1.6 it says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. Now know that God has gifted you and he's gifted you to, to do marvelous things and to work with others. Know that he's done that. But he wants us to use what he told us. First Peter 14 says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's various grace. Oh, let me say this. I'm done. Let me say this. You didn't have to pay for the gift that you have. Matter of fact, we couldn't afford it. I, I, I don't care how much you have, you can't afford the gift that God has placed in you. That's for you. That's a purpose for you. It was given to you. Yeah. And guess what? It was paid in full. Yeah. But you do need to unwrap it. You do need to use it for the purpose in which it was given. Whenever we receive gifts or whenever you give a gift, you give a gift to somebody because you want them to use it. You want them to appreciate it. You love them and you care about it. You give them a gift and you just can't wait to see how they use it or to make sure that they use it. You're excited about the gift that you have given them. Sometimes you kind of want them to open it in your presence. Yeah, you, you just want to know, yeah, I, I, yeah, uh, how, you, how you like the gift? Uh, I, some of us research and find out what somebody really needs and, and say, oh, I know they need this. Let, let, me, let me kind of fix this for them and find out what color they want, find out everything we can. So, so sometimes you go through all kind of ways to get the gift that you believe somebody else wants. And sometimes you miss the mark. Yeah, I hate to talk about this, but it just came to my mind. I remember there was a dress that my wife had been looking at. And she had been going into, now this is some time ago, this, this was going into Parisians. And I just happened to have gone by and saw her looking. So her birthday was coming up, so I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm swinging back around, go to the store, because I really don't like the shop. So I went around, and I talked to the person she was talking to. She said, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, I know, yeah. I, yeah. She's always looking at, she's always looking at this dress. This the one. I said, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. I, I, I want that one. So she pulled it out, showed me how much it costs. I said, but this for my wife. She's going to love this. 
I paid for it. Or I put it on the charge card. <laughs> Couldn't wait for the birthday. You had the birthday, presented the gift. She opened it, she recognized it, and she said, How much you pay for this? <laughs> She knew good and well that it was going to go on sale. <laughs> and she was just waiting. And since I wanted her to have something now, she took it back and got three dresses. <laughs> but the point I'm making is this. God is not guessing at what you need. God does not have to follow somebody around and see what you're interested in. God knew the gift that you needed for the purpose that he needs for you to use it. And the only way you have the joy that God wants you to have, the only way you have the peace that God wants you to have, the only way you can be able to fulfill the purpose God has, has for your life is for you to use the gift he's given you. You don't have to pay for it. Why don't you have to pay for it? Because he sent his son through 40 and two generations. Why don't you have to pay for it? Because Jesus loved us so much that he came and went about doing good out of all the good he did. Folk talked about him. Folk ridiculed him. Folk called him everything but a child of God. But he knew he had to give us. So he went through it all. He allowed them to talk about him. He allowed them to whip him all night long. He allowed them to march him up to God. God was healed. He allowed them to put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, crown of thorns on his head. And because he loved you so much, and because he loved me so much, the Bible says he died, he died, he died, oh, he died. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He died. And was placed in a ball too. He stayed there all night Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. Stayed there all night Saturday night. Well, why did he do it? Because early on that Sunday morning, he got up with all power. Power over the grave. Victory over death. You got a gift. I have a gift. We as a body of Christ have a gift. And guess what? Jesus Paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain, but he washed it. He washed it. He washed it. White as snow. Somebody say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I'm going to use the gift you've given me. I know my gift might not be like somebody else's gift. But I'm going to use what you've given me in the body of Christ to do your will. I know it's your will that nudge the parents. I'm going to use your gift to meet the needs of others. And my God, self-supply all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I got to tell the Lord, thank you.
He's worthy. Find out what your gift is or your gifts are. And I guarantee you, you're connecting with First African Baptist Church. We want you to use it. We want you to use those gifts. We may not understand why God has fixed you like he fixed you. We may not figure out all the purposes that you see that we can't see. But we know that God sees. We know that God knows. Now notice I said, it was a birthday gift when you were born again. If you were not born again, you can be born again. October 1, 2023 could be your birthday. You just have to say, Lord, I've, I've sinned. I need you in my life. Whether you're in this building, whether you're online, we'll give you an opportunity right now to say, Lord, I need you in my life. We're going to pray a prayer. And if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, rose from the grave, and you want him in your life, just repeat this prayer after me that you can come to know the Lord. Say, Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, on today, whether you're online, whether you're in the building, won't you come forward, give us your hand as you've already given God your heart. If you're online, just type the word save to the number you see on the screen. Won't you come today? Won't you come? Remind us online and those who are here, we want to remind you to please don't forget to give as you leave. Don't forget the building fund special offering. So if you've already paid your tithes and other offerings, don't forget the special offering for the building fund. The ushers have envelopes if you need it. Just remember to do that. You may have noticed, uh, well, you notice all the new deacons. Now there, we have a, a newer, new, the new S deacon, thank you. <laughs> and his wife, uh, what's first name? Brother Anthony Johnson, Deacon Anthony Johnson, and his wife, Sister Jerica Johnson. Sister Jerica. Amen. Uh, let's not forget to give as we leave. Let's pray. Uh, let's stand, please. I'm sorry. Let us all stand. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, thank you again for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, our hearts have felt. Thank you for gifting us, God. Help us to discover what the gifts are and how you would have us to use them in and around First African Baptist Church and its community. And now we ask that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit will rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let the people of God say amen, amen. and praise God.
Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.